Welcome back to the first edition for the fall of 2021 WILX Sports Podcast. Joining me this afternoon, or early evening for us, this is recorded on Thursday night, right before the big weekend. We've got Fred Human. Fred, great to talk to you. Great to talk to you in person. This is our first time having a chance to talk face-to-face. And also, I want to say, too, uh, congratulations on be, uh, joining uh, the WILX family and taking on even more responsibilities. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks, John. Nice to be with you again, and especially in person and no masks. I'm glad you told people when this is recorded. So if we happen to get in, what's going to happen to that Friday night game that people don't think I recorded this after the game if I pick the right way or something. But anyway, nice to be with you. Nice to be with you, too. And yeah, this is... The first chance we've had in a while to talk sports for East Lansing in terms of Michigan State basketball season feels like forever ago. Football season is literally right around the corner, and there's a couple different question marks. It's Mel Tucker's first, I don't know, full real season. Things with the vaccination, they got more practices in. They got to have kind of a normal summer, normal spring to an extent. And so maybe his first real year, it's supposed to be a full season. Uh Looking across the board, I see a few question marks. Just what's your general thoughts right now of the state of the team? Well, yeah, Uh, you talk about question marks. I think there are 35 or 40 question marks because of the transfer portal and all the people that have left and all the people that are coming in. But I don't think that should be necessarily interpreted as bad news. Um, What were they? Uh, Two and four last year? Um, You know, I I think they probably needed... uh, a, a freshening up of the roster. I think they probably needed a little bit of a roster overhaul. You even look at the the most prominent position quarterback. Everyone is wondering if Rock and Lombardi was going to be the quarterback of the future. He isn't even here anymore. Okay, so that tells me the 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 standards are tougher. You know, and and you know, best of luck to him as he, as he moves on. But you know, I I think that's true throughout the roster. I think the message is uh, similar as it is with the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Tigers at the professional level, that there's a new standard here. There, there is a higher standard, and we need better players. And we'll see if the players are better. But I don't think the fact that there's such a dramatic roster overhaul is necessarily bad news. And as we talk today, we don't even know who the starting quarterback is, and apparently that's how tight it is, although I promise you the coaches made this decision you know, long before this, and they just haven't told us about it. But whether it's Peyton Thorne or whether it's Anthony Russo, um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if they will interchange these guys and how the other new players will mix in and, and, and formulate what, what this team is about. I think that's still something to be determined. But this is not an easy opener at Northwestern by any stretch of the imagination. That's a tough game to start on a Friday night in Evanston. Yeah, and I think really the big question, the thing that will determine a lot of this season, and like you talked about, one of, uh, okay, just a couple dozen question marks for this team, quarterback. I got to see a couple of them play in the what is now the green and white game, kind of the the offense versus defense. A little bit changed from a couple of years ago, but I get the the evolution there. And last year we got to see a little bit of Peyton Thorne, uh, just a few games there and uh, not even three starts, just three games or so, but everything was shortened last season. It kind of ups and downs for him. We, we have now a transfer in as well in Russo. 
Uh, for me, I see Peyton Thorne, or I saw someone at least just last year. It, Michigan State, I think when you have a lack of receivers or receivers who are real standouts, maybe your core B, uh, QB needs a little bit of touch just to really get it in there. But Russo, when I saw him in the spring too, uh, he looked big. He looked like a linebacker out there, and uh, he could sling it. So there's two different kind of philosophies with the quarterbacks there, and you've kind of hinted a little bit before we got on here who you think was going to get the job. Well, I thought Russo, if it, if I don't have any insight in this. I can't even bluff you on that, okay? We get no insight on this, and we don't see enough of practices to know who's running one too. okay? So this is purely an opinion based on a hunch that I think Russo has the edge because of his leadership abilities and the fact that he was in a program last year and he came here as a sixth-year player. And as Anthony has very boastfully said, uh, boastfully is probably the long, wrong word, he's, he's confidently said, I didn't come here to sit. Now, I don't mean he's going to be the starter because I'm sure Peyton Thorne doesn't want to sit either. But Peyton is younger and there's time. And I think Russo has the intangible factors and the leadership factors that Mel Tucker's looking for. As I say that, <laughs> they trot out of the tunnel tomorrow night, and Peyton Thorne will probably be the starter. Who knows? My hunch is that it's Russo, and I think you make a good point. I think uh, upgrading the other skill positions, receivers and running backs, and getting more out of Elijah Collins, who was somewhat invisible last year, I think uh, wherever they find a spot for Connor Hayward, I understand he's not necessarily even going to be a running back this year. He may be a tight end or kind of a flanker or a different kind of position. I think all that will play out, but I, I don't think I, I think we make a lot of the quarterbacks, justifiably so. But I think it's the people he's working with, the people blocking for him, the people he's throwing to, the people running the football that are going to be a bigger factor in the success or lack thereof this season than just how the quarterback performs. Yeah, and some of those questions too, I mean, we, the running back situation, they've got a nice transfer in coming in as a guy who looks like he can help at least provide Kenneth Walker some Kenneth stability Walker, yeah. at the job. I mean, Elijah Collins, I thought the last couple of years, he looked like he always had the spark. Uh, he was kind of in the doghouse last year, and I never quite heard why. And well, he was in the COVID house. Well, that, 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 that is, came out later. Yeah. But yeah, he, I don't think he was running as hard as they wanted him to, whether that was related to COVID or not. They seem to like the look of him this year. But yeah, Kenneth Walker will put some pressure on him and hopefully put some pressure on defenses because he's a different kind of runner and he too has Division One experience. So, you know, there's another case where, you know, they've upgraded the position and the standard is higher. So if you weren't going to move up, then somebody's going to move past you. I mean, that's kind of the MO there now, and and I applaud that. But, you know, all of this is, we do this for a reason because it's entertaining and it's fun and it's sometimes informational. But all of it is just talk until we play the games and we find out what they have. And, you know, Northwestern, I, I think this is a tough game to start with. Northwestern has lost to Michigan State two years in a row, including their only league loss last year here at Spartan Stadium. They're going to be loaded for bear. Uh, Michigan State, whoever it is, will I can't call Peyton Thorne a new quarterback, whether it's Thorne or Russo, it'll be a, a relatively new quarterback, and Northwestern's going to bring it. Okay, that's a tough opener for Michigan State, but I also think it's a, it's a swing game that this kind of a game will determine, you know, whether they're nine and three or, you know, six and seven, or six and f four, whatever that is, whatever, how it plays out, I'm not doing the math, six and six or whatever it is. I, I think that these are the kind of games that, you know, State has maybe not officially red-lettered, but I think these are big swing games in the 
in the outcome of their season. Yeah, as you were saying that, I just looked up because I was just wondering. So both teams, the odds right now seem to be pretty even on what Northwestern at six and a half, six wins, Michigan State five wins. That's very competitive in terms of what the overall projection is. Uh, looking like uh, just the spread, if we're just looking at uh, people who calculate numbers, the that it looks like it's a plus or minus three. So it's a field goal game. And looking at it last year too, Michigan State, one of their two wins, Northwestern, Michigan. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, I think, is one of the better coaches in the too. Big Ten. I think he's one of the better coaches in college football. And I think he does a lot of good with a, a unique situation, kind of like Stanford or other schools that are yeah. really known for their academics. And I, I think it's going to be tough, especially with question marks. And I remember the last time I really remember a lot of back-and-forth quarterbacks where it wasn't maybe one more clear-cut than the other would have been going way back to Kirk Cousins and Keith Nickel. And that was, what, a 6-7 and seven season? A 6-6 six and six regular season? I mean, just bounced back and forth all the time, and they couldn't figure out who they wanted until the very end. And I wonder if that is going to be somewhat similar this year. I don't uh, – I mentioned this to their offensive coordinator, Jay Johnson, and he kind of chuckled. I've always felt that quarterbacks were like girlfriends, okay? <laughs> if you have two, you have none, okay? And I, I – you know – Mel Tucker has kind of hinted that both may play. D'Antonio did that a little bit during his 10-year year. You just mentioned Nickel and Cousins has happened a few other times. I don't think two quarterbacks work. I think somebody has to take the bull by the horns, and I think the coach has to make a decision and stick with that guy. If, if Anthony Russo starts and plays and throws three interceptions against Northwestern, I don't think the two. The, the, I don't think that the right thing to do is to start Peyton Thorne in game two, or vice versa. I think you got to decide on a guy, and unless you see things in practices of the games that tell you you need to make a change, quarterback is such an important position in this sport at every level, not only in terms of how they play, but how it affects other people. And you can't have a quarterback constantly looking over his shoulder. You can't have his teammates constantly looking over his shoulder. You know, I hate to say that because the backup ought to have a chance, and I, I suppose it has worked, but I can't remember many times in many situations where two quarterbacks worked. Um, it just, you know, even in the Montana and uh, Steve Young days, you know, first it was Montana and that was Young, but at some point you got to decide who is the leader of your football team in that position. And, and the guy that's in the huddle and coming out of the huddle and, and, and standing under center uh, has to be consistent. And I don't think two quarterbacks work, but we'll see. Yeah, and it's an investment in the future. I believe Russo comes in with the extra year of eligibility because the COVID year. So even though he's a redshirt senior, I believe there is that extra year there. And so he's got at least two seasons. Thorne's got a couple of seasons as a redshirt sophomore, plus all that other stuff that can happen. And so, yeah, it's. I think it's a little bit like the NFL. It's not like you put a rookie in or whenever you make that change, it's not like you do it after one game. If this is an investment, you need to see a few examples of what's going to happen with uh, – the team, how they respond, and how the player responds, because there's going to be ups and downs, especially with this schedule, the Big Ten. I mean, the early part of the schedule isn't awful. Uh, at Northwestern, Youngstown State, uh, you know, coin flip for the first one. Youngstown State at home opener, that should be a W. At Miami, Miami, you never know if they're going to actually play to the level of their competition or not. Um, I mean, they can beat Alabama. They could go lose on the road to UCF or whoever else. Um Nebraska, Kentucky, Rutgers, not bad. Indiana, Michigan, a little bit more there. Ohio State, Penn State. I mean, it, I could 
I could see seven and five optimistically. I could also see, you know, four and eight and anything in between or worse. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I think maybe tomorrow will at least help put some fears to rest of, do you at least have some guys? And I think that's what I'm looking for tomorrow night is who, who's going to stand out and shine? Because I, I don't have to see consistent play, but I want to see guys who flash talent and guys who show that they work with Mel Tucker and Mel Tucker trusts them. I'd also like to see Michigan State get back to what Michigan State is defensively and put stops on people. I understand the game has changed. Okay, every game is like a pinball machine now in college football. I understand the landscape has changed. I understand uh, 14 to 10 games just don't happen anymore. But I think Michigan State has always been a defensive uh, stalwart, a team that is going to knock you in the jaw right when and come right back at you. And I think they have to get back to that. Now, whether they have the personnel or not to do that, I don't know. Uh, but I don't think every game can be a wild frenzy, if you will. I think they have to dominate some games with defense, and I think games like this one against Northwestern, which is usually an offensive juggernaut, I think we're going to find out a lot about their defense and whether they need to make more personnel changes because Northwestern can put it on you. They can score a lot of points. They can get a lot of yards. And from that standpoint, I think it's a good opener for Michigan State. You start the season with a team like Youngstown State or a, a Mid-American Conference team, and you can get – it can be fool's gold, okay? Everything can go well, and then uh, sometimes in, in that regard, you can't get better. So, you know, nobody wants to lose if you're Michigan State. But I, I think even a good game like this, if you lose a close one, is better for you than winning 47-6 to in an opener against a non-competitive team. So I think this is a good opener for Michigan State. So we've talked about what we're looking, hoping to see tomorrow. Uh, right now, I don't really have a prediction. I just view it as a coin flip game. And I'm after a long, what, year and a half more, I'm just hoping for good football. Or entertaining football. That's my hope for tomorrow. Well, that and the, and we all applaud that fans are in the stands. It was nice that they got last year in. It was way better than not having a football season. But there's something about not having fans in the stands, especially for a sport like football, that just makes it look like a, a different game. And that's what I'm most excited about. The bands playing. The teams running out of the tunnel and the fans going crazy. The signs in the stands, the cheerleaders, the whole thing. That is what college football is. That is Americana. That's why we watch the games. And to me, uh, if they can control this COVID thing, and uh, I know Michigan State is now 96, 97 percent vaccinated. And the interesting thing is if you're not vaccinated, you can't even get on that plane to go go to the game. So that's something you have to resolve internally. But it, it, as as fans, as we are, that's what I'm looking most forward to is sitting back in my easy chair. Not so much on Friday night because I'll be busy, but throughout the season and this weekend to just enjoy college football and all the pageantry it brings uh, uh, to an afternoon. It's just there's, you know, I'm a baseball guy, but there's really no, nothing a whole lot better than a college football Saturday. Especially this weather. I mean, I came in today. I have the top down on my car driving yeah. in here. Beautiful sunshine. It's not too hot. It's this pleasant, beautiful it's not quite fall. We're not quite there yet. Yeah. But it is a late summer that's just gorgeous, and I am excited. I am ready for it. And then, I mean, looking ahead to the season, too, I mean, we keep things going this way. The home opener is then next week. Mm -hmm. That's against uh, – that's going to be one of maybe the younger teams, so maybe a little bit of a bounce back or a little bit, you know, fun – get a few more extra touchdowns for the home crowd there uh, and going on down. So looking at it, I'm, 
I'm hoping for the Spartans to at least go six and six, show progress that maybe maybe a little bit closer, five and seven, but a few hard-fought games this season and just showing that, hey, if we get a quarterback, we, we show that we've got a plan for the run identity, we establish an identity, because the last couple of years before that, uh, anything that were thought to be reliable tenants of Michigan State football, mm-hmm. uh, that pro-style run-heavy offense, the line play on both sides, that hasn't been there. So I'm, no. I'm that's what I'm hoping for. And line play is huge. I'm glad you mentioned that. We don't talk enough about them, but that's another staple of Michigan State. When, they, when they've had great running games, they've had big, huge, dominant offensive lines. And that's been missing the last couple of years. So we'll see how that plays out too, but I think that's a good point. I think offensive line play is big. I think it helps, obviously, you're running in your pass game, and it helps your run-pass balance if you can get – you know, healthy guys and, and guys that can dominate people and stay away from injury, that can be a key factor for this team. But, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. It, it is the most unpredictable season I can ever remember of college football because it's coming off of COVID, because of the transfer portal, because of all the new things going on. I think it's the most unpredictable season in college football. And because of that, I can't wait. I'm with you. Neither can I. Well, Fred, thank you so much for making time with us. Uh, now, can you tell us a little bit more on where everyone's going to have a little bit more chance to see you now? I know before when you first uh, came to WILX, it was your human interest project. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing just a little bit more, and by a little bit more, I mean a lot more. Yeah, it is. We I was hired to do the Of Human Interest feature every week, which I'm still doing for the most part, although we didn't have one this week. I'm anchoring the 11 o'clock shows now. Uh, we've added 11 o'clock sports. We've put a lot more beef into it. we put more people into it, and we have a presence there now. We actually have a Thursday night, as we tape this, a half-hour Michigan State special. Uh, we have uh, the Friday Night Frenzy, the renamed Friday Night Show, which runs on Thursday and Friday the first two weeks. So we're busy. I also co-host that Friday Night Show, the Friday Night Frenzy with Kellen Buddy on Friday nights, and, and Kelly and I kind of split the duties at 11. He does the weekends. He does. He's with me on Friday. He does Saturday and Sunday. He does Monday. I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we co-host on Friday. So there's a lot on our plate. We like it. It's a new approach at WILX, and uh, it's a fun time of year. I'll tell you that. Yeah, more sports, more fun, and it's the perfect time for it. Back with football, NFL, college football, NBA basketball is almost back here. Pistons got a number one pick overall. I'm very excited to see how that goes. I'm still looking to see maybe I can get to that game because I'm really hoping that that kid, Cade Cunningham, is going to be special. Um, and, and then, you know, maybe the Lions, the, you know, they, they can only go up, right? <laughs> How long have we been saying that? <laughs> Your whole lifetime? Probably well, mine, too? Well, you, you eat enough kneecaps, no one else has yeah, any knees, so then maybe you maybe you get an advantage. So. Yeah, it's fun, though. It's anticipating all that as you talk about it, and everything's kind of starting now. This is early September. You snap your fingers, and it's going to be Merry Christmas. This is the fastest running time of the year with all the sports going on. And college football and pro football seem to go faster than any other season. I'm telling you, you snap your fingers, it'll be Christmas, so enjoy. It'll be fun.